Hey, Next on the T Nation, thanks for tuning in to this segment of the show featuring golf writer and journalist Jay Ravel. And thank you for your continued support. The show is currently ranked number two in the podcast magazine Hot 50 list, all thanks to your votes and your support of the show. We obviously have one place left we're trying to get to, and that's number one. So please continue to vote, and you can do so daily by going online to podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot 50. This is your show, and you are certainly showing that by your support and your votes. I appreciate it so very much. Enjoy the segment. Okay, now back in next on the tee with me is Jay Ravel. Jay is a golf writer. You can find his work in many different publications like Golf Advisor and Golf Magazine. He's written a couple of great books. The first is titled The Nine Virtues of Golf. The Tallahassee Magazine said was both agonizing and joyful. It's got several five-star ratings out there on Amazon.com. His latest book is titled Swing, Walk, Repeat. And as he calls it, it's a collection of observations from a life consumed by golf. Jay is a graduate of Florida State with his undergraduate degree in political science and his master's degree in applied American politics and policy. During his time at Florida State, he was an aide to Commissioner John Daly. Jay has served as the executive director of the Tallahassee Downtown Improvement Authority, then moved on to being the vice president of the Tallahassee Chamber of Commerce. I'm excited to have him with me again today here on Next on the T. Hey, Jay, thanks for coming back on the show. Chris, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, my friend. You've been doing well? I'm well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, the show's been doing great, and family's doing good. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Jay, I want to start by go- kind of going back to some of the conversation, revisiting what we talked about last time, starting with let our listeners know about you. Your your grandfather was a head golf professional. Your grandmother was a big inspiration to you in your life. Talk about how you grew up around the game and what they meant to you. Yeah, you know, my whole life has really been a, a golf story uh, unfolding, you know, one hole at a time. Uh, I grew up on a small nine-hole golf course just north uh, of Tallahassee, Florida. Um, my grandfather was the head golf professional there. My my grandmother was uh, essentially his assistant pro, if you will, and our family was all the way involved. Uh, I lived off the fourth tee, and as I was growing up, if I wasn't hanging out up there with my grandfather at the pro shop, I was out there, you know, pitching and putting and learning how to play the game myself. Uh, my uncle played on the PGA Tour uh, when I was a kid. His name is Ben Bates. And uh, we spent a lot of summers traveling and watching him play and chase his dream. Got to go out there and caddy for him a couple times as I got older into high school and college. And just have always really been... Um, consumed with the game I, I love it with every bone in my body and now i'm a uh you know father of two and a small business owner and 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 trying to find that same balance trying to find ways to incorporate golf into my children's lives um you know it's funny just this morning um i was i was getting ready to take my son to school he was out banging on the door trying to get in the garage he's one and a half and he's just as eager as he could be to go get uh get his golf club and get in the golf cart and go for a ride. That's usually how we start our, our weekend mornings. Uh, we live about three blocks from our golf course here in Tallahassee. It's called Capital City Country Club. And if I'm not out there uh, with my family, uh, jetting around early in the morning, late in the afternoon, hitting a few shots, I'm usually out there with my dog, Leon, walking a few holes or hanging out with my friends. And just that proximity to golf has always been an important part of my life. And 
I continue to find that every chance I get to go spend time with those that I love on golf course, it makes me uh, a better person and makes my life more fulfilled, uh, period. Jay, before we get into your new book, I want to go back and talk for a moment about your first book, The Nine Virtues of Golf. Talk about what those virtues are. Sure. Um, you know, I, when I was growing up, you know, my grandmother was a very important part of my life. And she used to read to me uh, when I was a kid this uh, children's book of virtue. And, uh, you know, she would talk to me about, you know, how to be a gentleman. A lot of times, you know, just being a, a golf family, uh, the the principles that were applied in those children's stories kind of would bleed into golf stories. And when we'd be up at the golf course, she'd be talking to me about um, the things that, you know, should be expected of a golfer. And I always tell everybody that um, that story in the book, The Nine Virtues of Golf, is certainly aspirational. And I fall short of uh, some of these things from time to time. But, you know, it's it's about patience and gratitude and um, being someone that people want to be around and um, really finding or using golf as a tool um, to improve upon yourself. I always think about Bobby Jones as, you know, sort of one of the patron saints of, of golf or at least being a, a virtuous golfer. And even he, uh, had to come a long way, you know, how he grew up with, a, uh, being very temperamental and throwing clubs and having fits. But as he aged in life and became a champion, he had to learn how to apply certain virtues, um, to become a better version of himself. And I've just always found that golf is a great, vessel for learning how to become a better version of yourself and um, every time I get a chance to go out and play it's it's almost meditative for me uh, that, that's where I go to find myself that's where I go to connect with the person that I want to be uh, not always easy to find that person but uh, golf at least gives us an opportunity to go and do so and a lot of the stories and nine virtues of golf are, uh, are based around that and I think can serve for a pretty good guide for people um, who uh, are looking to do that themselves. And Jay, you mentioned your club, Capital City Country Club. Let's talk about what we learned about you even deeper in the second book, Swing, Walk, Repeat. And I think your dog, Leon, is becoming a huge celebrity as a result of the (laughs) book because there are a lot of great images of you guys walking the golf course together. Talk about being out there with him. You know, uh, anyone who's ever had a special relationship dog you know understands that bond they understand almost the sort of uh unspoken language that goes between a dog and a person uh, especially when you get to spend a lot of time together and um you know back during uh the covid pandemic um i really got a chance to reconnect at a very deep level with the game and a lot of that happened because you know we, we got to have all this time back right and you know, we were away from the office and uh, kind of hunkered in at home, but golf was an escape. Golf was a way that we could go out and safely spend time together, uh, and be outdoors. And I did a lot of that with my dog. I've always played golf, uh, with dogs ever since I grew up. And, uh, Leon has just been a, a wonderful, wonderful golfing dog. I, I kind of carefully trained him over the years. Uh, I get asked a lot of time, uh, you know, how to train your golf dog. And I've published a few things on that, but. Um, he's a great companion. He knows how to behave himself on the golf course. And, you know, whether it's three, a three hole loop right before dark, uh, or right after dinner, 
or it's a full 18 holes on a, a nice crispy winter day. Um, he just loves being out there with me and there's just an amazing thing happens. I think when you're out there, um, spending time with just you and a dog on a golf course, um, I, I just, I find that you connect in a really interesting way and, and it's almost like he can, he can read the things you're thinking and, um, at least Leon seems to. And I've had so many people reach out to me from literally all over the world wanting to talk about the relationship that they have with their dog and how they can bring, uh, golf into it. And, you know, you can't just show up, unfortunately, to most places, uh, in the golfing world with your dog and go out. So you have to have a really understanding special place, uh, like my course, Capital City Country Club. Um, we've got a great dog culture out there. I always think about, uh, Sunningdale Golf Club over in England. He has great golf culture. If you've ever seen some of those videos, they've, uh, been featured in or read any stories about it. That's a great aspiration. And really to be able to enjoy time on the golf course with your dog, you got to kind of tr- not only train your dog, but train your golf club to uh, have that expectation. It's okay to be able to do that. So. It takes, uh, it kind of takes a village to be able to pull that off, but I, I usually start with the, uh, ask for forgiveness, not permission approach. Um, but <laughs> it helps to have a, a good, well-trained dog that listens. Yeah. So I guess that's the next question, right? Because I think most of us, if we brought our pets out there, we'd be afraid that they would go running off. And if they didn't go running off, that they'd start moving around or come, come towards you as you're swinging the golf club. How did you train Leon to sit patiently while you took the shot? You know, uh, the first thing that I did is, and I, I, I wrote this piece. If anybody goes out and Googles how to train your golf dog, you'll find it. Um, it comes up on my medium page, but, and I'd love for you to subscribe there. It's called Mid-Am Crisis. Uh, but, uh, the first thing you got to do is just teach your dog to stay close. Um, and what I would do is take him on long walks, not even on the golf course, just sort of short leashing him when he was very young. Um, and getting him used to taking a long walk and staying in close proximity. And then, you know, you've got to familiarize your dog with the golf course and some of the customs that are out there. So I would just start taking him out and walking him on the golf course, you know, either early in the morning before a lot of play started or late in the afternoon. No clubs, no balls, um, no playing, just, just walking him around and kind of getting him used to being out there. And then after a while, you know, maybe you inject, you know, a one club for that walk, right? Hit a few balls out there, get them used to sitting and staying, you know, when you're nearby. Um, and, you know, just taking them around through the process, let them see what it's like when you're up there putting, you know, obviously you want to try to keep them out of the bunkers. I, I'd uh, be remiss, though. Uh, I certainly have had to rake up after Leon a few times, you know, on a hot summer day. He, he kind of likes to find a shady spot in the bunker burrow in a little bit, but, uh, that's his only shortcoming I've found. Um, but really and truly, it's just like anything else. It takes practice. It takes reps. You got to be able to have a place you can go, take your dog, get him or her some experience out there. Um, uh, and don't, and don't forget, you know, if you've got friends that have a dog that are interested in it too, you know, go out there together, make it a, a group training effort. And, uh, I think if you're willing to give it, you know, uh, a couple of months of, of really just going out and familiarizing the dog with the area, you'll find that um, they they're actually can be pretty good at it. You know, some of them are, can be more rambunctious than others. So uh, you got to mind the temperament a little bit. But if you got an easygoing dog, golf can be a great way uh, to take them out and enjoy 
time in the outdoors together. Jay, the pandemic gave you and all of us some time back in our lives to go out and play more golf. And you call this new book over 230 love letters to the game. Talk about capturing your thoughts while you were out there walking the golf course and how you turned those into a book. You know, uh, January 1st, 2020, I remember it vividly. Um, back then, let's see, my daughter's four and a half going on five now. Uh, she was, uh, just, just turning two years old. And, uh, I would take her out and, uh, you know, again, we've always tried to enjoy some great family time on the golf course. It's an important part of our life. But January 1st, 2020, we were out there. It was a beautiful afternoon. Uh, you know, we had the day off walking around on the golf course, hitting a few shots. And, uh, my wife took this great picture, uh, of her watching me hit a little pitch shot, uh, out on the hole closest to our house. And, um, she sent it to me and later that night I was looking at it, making me smile. And I went and posted it on Instagram and wrote a few words. And before I posted it, I, I said, you know, I think I'm going to challenge myself. My new year resolution is going to be, can I write share some little brief moment from my day that that was inspired by golf um, and, and use that as a writing prompt. So my goal was to write 365 uh, love letters to the game that year. And obviously the pandemic happened. Life got thrown a few curveballs. Uh, I had a, a career change, pregnancy. It was a, it was a tough year. You know, you have family members that are getting sick, friends that are having trouble. Uh, with various things, the whole world just became upended, right? And, um, golf became this real place for me to go and find myself and center my thoughts and, and get myself focused on the future that I wanted to create, even though things were very chaotic all around me and my family. Um, but I kept writing those prompts. I didn't ultimately get to 365, but I did get, you know, well over 200 of these. And, you know, it was just every day I, I found that there was some little moment where golf reminded me of what was important or some little moment where I remembered what was important about golf. And I tried to share that through my Instagram page and kept getting great responses. And people were, you know, saying things like, hey, this should be a book. And I said, well, maybe it, maybe you're right. Maybe it will be. And uh, at the end of the year, I, I had some great conversations with my friend. Jim Sitar, who's a publisher at uh, a wonderful golf publication company called Back Nine Press. Uh, their website's Back Nine Press, Back Number Nine Press dot com, um, where you'll find my book. You'll find uh, now two books by the great Jim Hartzell, who writes a lot about uh, uh, his adventures in Scotland. He wrote a great history of Sweet Cove Golf Club, and now Shane Bacon uh, has a children's book called The Golfers that they're publishing. Uh, great little independent golf publisher. And anyway, we were having a conversation. He said, Jay, you know, I really do think this is a book. Uh, we kind of turned it into a manuscript, shaped it up. My great friend, Dave Bazin, who's one of the most talented golf artists in the world, uh, designed the cover for us and illustrated the book. It's got these wonderful little, uh, illustrations that he found inspiration from, uh, my words to produce and, it just really turned out to be a cool product. I, I, I now describe it a lot as, uh, if, if you've ever looked in your life or struggled to find, uh, a Christmas gift for the golfer that you love, this is a book they're going to want, right? So you can pick it up either on Amazon or at back9press.com. Uh, 
what I think you'll find is that it really does read on like a daily golf devotional. Uh, for those who love the game, for those who want to further explore their relationship with the game, for those who want to figure out how to play more golf with their family, with their dogs, with their friends, and really, you know, examine those everyday blessings that golf can bring us. I think you're going to find those in this book. And I continue to hear from people, uh, who are trying to find those things. They tell me, you know, Jay, I read this and I saw myself. I saw, I saw the golfer I want to be. I saw, uh, the family I want to create through the game of golf. I, I saw a relationship with my dog. I saw better relationships with my friends and playing partners. And that really, you know, fills my heart with joy to hear. Um, you know, again, it was a tough year, uh, but golf was there for me. And golf is always there for us. If we're willing to give ourselves the game, the game gives us a lot. So um, that's, that's Swing Walker Pete, and it's, it's something I'm very proud of. Again, as we start getting nearer to the holiday season, it's a, I believe, a wonderful gift for someone who's looking uh, to have a deep connection with the game in the year ahead. Jay, when we can get out there and play around the golf, get away from all the other things that are going on in our lives, it kind of gives us time to be in thought and some reflection, clear our minds. To me, that's time well spent for our physical and our mental health. Talk about the benefits that that time gave to you. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, Chris, I can remember another day very vividly. It was, um, it was probably in mid-September. Uh, the position that I used to have, uh, was no longer available, uh, in my career. Mainly, you know, it was a sort of a, a COVID job loss, I guess you would say. And, uh, and many people were going through that all over the country and in the lake. And I remember, uh, the next morning, uh, me and Leon walked down to the golf course. Uh, I took about seven clubs with me and, you know, put a tee in the ground and, uh, took a deep breath, let it fly. I can still remember the shot, hit it right down the middle on the, on the 10th hole at Capital City Country Club. And I looked at Leon and said, Hey, we're going, we're going to be okay. We're going to make it. This is just a, another chance to, to start over again. It's kind of funny. I, I remember being on that 10th hole. It's almost like, you know, if you ever had that bad first nine hole. Uh, but you just go, Hey, if I can just get to 10 and reset my thinking, you know, we're going to be okay. We can have a good round here. And that's sort of what it felt like to me is, you know, golf was my way of resetting my thinking that year. Um, like I said, it was tough. You know, we lost a job, lost a pregnancy all within about a month of each other. And it gave me a place where I could go and find some peace and find some quiet and reflection. And really search deep inside myself about what I wanted to do in my future, where I wanted to go and how I wanted to get there. Um, you know, about a month after that, I opened my own business called Rebel Media. We have a branding agency here in Tallahassee, uh, celebrating two years of business this month. And, um, I found that path out on that golf course, walking with my dog and spending evenings with my family and, uh, you know, spending some time with my friends and just talking through. Uh, the things that we were all going through. And it, it really meant just a tremendous amount to me. I, I, I gained so much clarity. I found more purpose. And really, I, I think I found the best version of myself and uh, a way to really try to work towards getting to that person every day. Right? Golf gives us this opportunity, um, you know, to, to go out and, and have a long walk. And, you know, that person who leaves on the first tee is really never the same person who comes back on uh, the 18th. If you've walked a golf course 
you're experiencing the world with every step. You're experiencing yourself. You know, you're battling your inner demons, uh, both as you play and as you think. I, I always love that quote from Michael Murphy, who gave a, was very kind to give some warm words and testimony about my book. Um, in golf in the kingdom, he said, you know, uh, that golf is a game for the in between time. And in life, that's most of the time. So, you know, in 2020, I had this great in between year, uh, career transition, family transition, friend transition. And, um, it, golf just gave me a place to spend that in between time thinking about the future I wanted to have, thinking about the person I wanted to become and thinking about the relationships that I wanted to, to forge moving forward. And I, I don't think that, um, had I not had golf that close to me and, um, in, in such a, a large dosage that year, I would not be where I am. Day. There's no doubt about it. I'd probably be in a worse place, but uh, I'm fortunate that I had it. And those who, you know, maybe are going through something similar, I will tell you, a long walk on the golf course can solve an awful lot of problems. You mentioned friends, and golf has brought so many of us together. A lot of us to form new friendships, deepen others. Talk about what the game has done for you in that regard. You know, I, I'll go back to COVID again. Uh, great example of something that happened that has now stayed uh, as an important part of uh, the golfing lives of a lot of our sort of uh, 30 to 40 something uh, dads here in Tallahassee. We started a little league a Friday afternoon during COVID. Uh, we play a two-man net best ball on Friday afternoon at Capital City Country Club every Friday at 1.30 p.m. And uh, it became just extremely popular during COVID because, again, everybody had a lot of time to themselves. And, you know, now a few years later, almost all of us have, you know, kids and growing families and our careers are growing. But we've, we've maintained that Friday 1.30 tea time. You know, not everybody gets to make it every week, but uh, we get a lot of us out there. We'll get, you know, anywhere from six to ten teams every week and throw a few bucks in. And it's just this great opportunity for camaraderie. Uh, it's a great opportunity to compete with each other and have some fun and, uh, really again reflect on how important it is to have friendships in our lives and friendships through golf. But, you know, I go back all the way to when I was a kid. You know, I, I think I'm sort of naturally an introvert that learned how to become an extrovert and golf was my tool for doing that. You know, when you're seven years old playing in a junior golf tournament and you're a little shy and you get paired up with Two other kids on a on the local Monday morning junior golf tour in the summertime. Uh, you know, you learn how to make conversation. You learn how uh, to be around other people who are different than you. And I used to play a lot of golf with you know adults who were older than me as well. And uh, I think that's been a really important part of my professional development. I, I learned how to speak the language of adults at a very young age. That helped jumpstart my career in many ways. But golf just gives us this chance to be near each other for an extended period of time. And it gives us a way to sort of break up the awkward being around people for that long. Um, and, you know, for anyone who's ever played this game, any amount of time, you know that uh, some of your golf friendships can become some of the deepest and most important relationships in your life. And I am certainly a testament to that. Um, I spend, you know, a lot of time uh, traveling with, you know, my friends and our wives or, uh, going to birthday parties for our kids or 
you know, just going out and having, having dinner and, and enjoying each other's company in a backyard somewhere, you know, even when we're not on the golf course. It, again, the game gives us this vessel for friendship. It gives us a opportunity to create relationships to better understand each other. You know, when you're, I think again about those Friday afternoons, you know, when we're playing good and you're having a good day, like I, I won uh, the money pot a couple of weeks ago with one of my old friends. We hadn't had a chance to play together probably in six months. And it was so wonderful to just spend, you know, four hours with him on a Friday afternoon and catch up on his life. We've just both been really busy and we've been playing a little bit. We hadn't played with each other and it's good to reconnect and, um, and get a better understanding of where we both are. Uh, it made me feel really good to be able to have that time with him. And, um, you know, I, I'll tell you another one of the relationships that's very important with me is my brother. Uh, my brother and I have had our difficulties uh, in the past, but in the last five years, golf has really brought us back together in a major way. We were just on the phone last night. Uh, we've got our member guest coming up at Capital City Country Club in a few weeks, and uh, we just couldn't be more excited about it. I mean, the opportunity to spend that time together is incredibly important. And again, I'm just so thankful to have golf in my life as a way um, to bring myself closer to those who matter. Um, friendship, family, dogs, right? There's a theme there, right? Golf is just this opportunity to get close to those that you care about. And um, I'm just incredibly grateful to have it in my life. And Jay, at a high level, if you, if you put a bow around all of that, it seems like you know, golf in that time allows you to learn a lot of life lessons. We know the game can be humbling and also can bring us great joy. Playing well, great joy. When you're playing poorly, pretty humbling. What are some of the things that the game of golf has taught you with respect to life lessons? You know, um, tell you what, I, I think what I want to do to answer that question is I might read you one of the final passages. Uh, this is a little short one. And, and if you open a book, Swing, Walk, Repeat, you can literally open it to any page and you're going to find these, you know, short, truncated little life lessons about golf, uh, everywhere. But this one's called The Best Day. Uh, it says, every day of my life has been a blessing, but the very best have all involved golf. I'm at peace on the course where my soul longs to be. And life just seems to make sense there. The swings and steps help me find my sense. When I play golf, my mind is engaged and my heart is full. Hope lifts my spirit, and I can see the beauty in the world more clearly. My thoughts slow down. My perspective changes for the better. I'm made happier by the game. What's not to love about that? And, you know, Chris, again, you think about these life lessons. Think about what golf can teach. I always think, you know, Bobby Jones talks a lot about how, you know, golf is a, a mirror of uh, the game we play in life. Uh, Every single time you play around in golf, you're going to have highs and lows, ups, downs. You're going to have moments where you think, boy, I've really figured this thing out. I'm really having a great day. And the next thing you know, you're hitting out of bounds. You can't figure out what in the world happened. Um, but the key to me, and I think the overall lesson of this book, and, and, and again, you got a three-word title there, right? Swing, walk, repeat. That repeat one is probably the most important. It's about perseverance. It's about staying in the game because, you know, how many times have you had a round of golf where you hit this really bad shot or you, you know, three putted a hole when you really needed to make a par? Um, or, or, or you just, you know, 
hit one just silly somewhere and off in the, off in the junk. But it's, it's that next shot. It's that shot on the next pole that you find your redemption and you never find it. Never hit that next great shot. You don't keep trying. You don't stay in the game. You don't stay engaged and stay leaned in. And what I found, you know, through my whole life of golf, particularly back in 2020 when I was living out the words on those pages and swing wall for feet is that you've got to stay in the game. You've got to keep swinging. No matter what happens, just keep doing it. Keep playing. Keep walking one foot in front of the other. One more swing. Focus on the one that's ahead of you. And if you do that, good things will happen. You will find that next good swing. You will find that next opportunity. You will make that putt that's on the horizon. And when you have that kind of attitude, nothing can shake you. Um, again, I had, I had a lot thrown at me in 2020 and we still get lots thrown at us, but golf has taught me to just stay, stay even, stay level, keep an even keel. Um, and you know, you talk about the mental side of uh, mental health. You talk about uh, the mental game. Um, you know, our whole country, our whole world is going through kind of a mental health crisis these days. And I think golf is a, is a wonderful tool to help people work through the problems that they're facing. You know, if you're, if you're having a problem, if you're searching for something, if you feel lost, golf can be a great place to go to find yourself again. I can tell you from experience, uh, I can tell you again from someone who, who's had a few dark days that, uh, you go out there, and just get lost on the golf course for a few hours. Um, that quiet time that, that, or that opportunity to be with your dog or with your family or with your friends really can teach you what's important. It can teach you to value the things uh, that you should hold dear. And when you do that, you just keep the right perspective. Uh, you keep swinging. You keep moving forward, and good things happen when you do that. Let's take that a, a half step further, okay? You talk about staying engaged, staying level-headed, all that, very, very true. And that's what I want to get to because in some of the summaries about the book, you mentioned the truth that you've learned through the game. Are those some of the truths that you've learned or are there others? Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of little truths that I'm still discovering about golf. i got to give you a perfect example. <laughs> uh, in the book, you know, Swing Walker Pete, you know, I, I, and I am a, I'm a religious golf walker. I think that the best aspects of golf are discovered on foot. I will believe that to the day I die. Um, however, I will tell you this, that life continues to evolve, you know, and, and our time, you know, can quickly evaporate, get busy and get chasing kids around. Uh, about two weeks ago, uh, I bought a golf cart for our house. Uh, for our family. And the reason that I bought the golf cart is that, you know, with a four and a half year old daughter and a one year old little boy and a wife who's working full time, um, and I'm working full time as a, a business owner, being able to get from our house quickly up to the golf course, either early on a weekend morning or late on a weekday afternoon, uh, is our now, that's, that's now become our opportunity to go spend time out there together because we can do it quickly. We can go have 30 minutes out on the golf course and it's magical time. This weekend, uh, we, we've really developed this new sort of, uh, you know, tradition now, uh, it's a you know, two week long tradition, but one that I feel will remain with us for now. Saturday morning, you know, after we have our breakfast, get some coffee and we all load up 
golf cart, drive out to the golf. We go out on the back nine before anybody gets out there. And we just, you know, spend an hour and a half out there kind of walking around, hitting some putts, hitting some chips together and laughing and having fun. And it's only possible because now I've got this golf cart that allows me to be able to get quickly from the house out to the golf course. Um, and, and it's really kind of made me rethink about my relationship with the golf cart. Uh, yeah, the same is true. You know, if you get out to the golf course and you only have maybe 45 minutes and you want to go out there and work on some things on the course, I totally get it. So, um, I still am a, a, an avid walker. I literally rode my cart up to the course last Saturday afternoon, uh, to go play in our, our Saturday group and lugged my full cart on the golf cart, parked the golf cart, get out and walk. It's great. So, you know, you, you, you live and you learn as you continue staying in the game. Your perspective changes as your kids get older, as your dog gets older. You know, Leon doesn't uh, get up in the back of my car as well as he more. So it's a lot easier to take him to the golf course than that golf cart than it is to get him in the back of the car. Um, you, you, you stay in the game, right? And your perspective will always change uh, about things. You know, my grandfather now, he still plays. This is amazing. He's, uh, he'll be 89 years old, uh, in February, 2023. And, uh, he still plays four days a week. And, uh, it's, he's only capable of playing because he's got a golf cart and he's probably playing the golf course probably about 2,500 yards, you know, or nine hole golf course. But man, it's cool to see him, um, continue to do that and shoot his age every time he goes out. He's got such great perspective too. He's got this set of Callaway great big Bertha irons that I swear are probably 25 years old that I think were handy down to my uncle when he was out playing on the Ben Hogan tour. Um, just funny. I, I'm always like, yeah, Graham, so I'm trying to try to get you a new set of clubs, something a little lighter. And he just shakes it off because, you know, he's, he's like, nah, it's, 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 it's all about swing. I can, I can swing. I can still swing. I love that attitude. You know, I love his uh, way of thinking about golf. It's just, you know, no matter what, he just keeps going at it every single day. He gets out there, and I think that's what, to be honest, made him live so long. Um, he he knows that on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, he's got golf to look forward to. And um, you know, he's lost a lot of his friends over the years. Uh, the crowd up there at the golf course is not the same as it once was when I was a kid, but, but he's still going out there and it just brings a smile to my face when I get to go up there and play with him because I see how much a life devoted to golf, um, can just bring you joy and happiness. And again, great family and friends all around you. And for him to be 89 years old, still chasing the game like that, um, I just, I keep thinking, boy, you know, what an aspirational thing to, uh, to have in my life is to see that and go, I hope I can still be swinging and playing when I get to his age and, and still learning less about golf. I watch him out there and he's still tinkering. He's still trying to figure it out. He's been playing golf for 80 years and, um, he still hadn't gotten to the bottom of it. And, and that's pretty cool. And I think anybody who has a relationship with golf like that is never going to find uh, a day where there's not something new to discover about the game. Now, I love that last piece because I remember Arnold Palmer still tinkering with his golf swing, 80 plus years old, was always still out there on the driving range tinkering with it, trying to find something. That reminds me of that. So 
Good for your grandfather. Jay, just a couple more before I let you go. And I'm guessing mm-hmm. you don't want people to read this book and then put it aside and not think about it again. What are you hoping that people are going to take away from the book when they read it and then pick it up again from time to time? Well, you know, it's kind of like um, anytime I've ever gone and played a golf course, maybe, um, gosh, I mean, it could be your, your golf course you play every day. But, you know, if you play a whole, you never play the, the whole same way twice, right? Um, it's always a little bit different. Every time you revisit it, your perspective is going to be different. Uh, the angles are going to be different. Your mood is going to be different. Uh, the, the blades of grass are different. The wind is different. The sun. Um, uh, and I, I think this book is the same way. You know, I, I, I actually picked it up, uh, the other night and read a few passages for the first time in probably six months. And, and I was like, boy, you know, as I read this now, it, it still reads good, but it reads different. Yes. Uh, you know, the last time I read it, or the last, or certainly from when I wrote it, um, you know, I captured these moments during this tumultuous year. 2020, um, which certainly, you know, set the game of golf up for some tremendous success. You know, this good, the COVID golf boom, still a very real thing. Um, just interesting to me when I kind of look back on some of these things and think about them, uh, from a different point of view. And I, and I think, I think that's what I want people to do. You know, I want you to keep this book, uh, wherever it is that you like to go and have a few minutes to think about golf from time to time in your house or your office or whether you're on an airplane or sitting on a beach, you know, you don't need to dedicate an hour uh, of your time to this. You can dedicate five minutes. A lot of times that's all we have. Um, you know, again, this is a book written for people who love golf, that are busy, busy chasing kids, busy chasing clients, friends, opportunities. And, you know, but hey, I'd rather have five, ten minutes of golf reflection in my day than none. And, uh, what I hope people will do is anytime you feel like, Hey, you know, maybe you're not hitting it good and you're frustrated with your golf game. Well, you can pick this game up or pick this book up. And probably if you read two or three pages, you're going to remember a few of the reasons you love golf and find that excitement again. And sometimes I've, I've found that, you know, if I get in a swing funk, um, what I really need is just a, a, a new reason to get excited to go back out there. And sometimes that recenters me and refocuses me and you find you go out there and your old swings right back there in hand again. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that people can, can have in this book. And again, if you find that, you know, you're getting frustrated that you're not getting enough golf in your life. I, there's also things in here in this book that point to how you can structure your life in ways that allow for you to have more golf. Like I said, Sometimes you got to buy a golf cart to get your family up to the golf course on Saturday morning for 30 minutes, and that's your golf for the week. That's okay. It might not be the golf you hope to have, you know, 18-hole day, six hours at the country club. Those are lovely, but that gets hard to find sometimes. So it's okay to have 10 minutes with your wedge in the backyard Tuesday night. It's okay to have that 30 minutes with your family. It's okay to take a seven-iron dog, three balls, go get lost out on the fairway somewhere for a little while. All of those ways of enjoying the game of golf are great ways to enjoy the game of golf. There's no set way uh, determined for how you get to enjoy the game. So Swing Walker Pete, in a lot of ways, 
is also a guide for people who are trying to figure out how to fall more in love with golf as life keeps kind of coming at, right? There's so many different routes you can take. There's different ways, you know, I mean, how many of us have just lost the, the, the perspective of how wonderful it is to go spend 30 minutes on a putting green, you know, right after work one day, you know, maybe before you've got to be home for dinner. That's a wonderful way to spend time just thinking about, you know, rolling three foot putts. But, you know, as I always joke with my friends, you know, all of us should have the goal of being the best three foot putter. In the world. And, uh, if you do, that's, I think that's the easiest way to lower your handicap. So I don't get to do that as much as I'd like to, but boy, when I get to go do it, it makes me feel good. Or, or, you know, again, if all you have is that little bit of window to get hit, go hit a bucket of ball once a week, go do it. You're going to be glad you did. You're going to find out something about yourself. And whether you get to get, go out and walk 18 holes and have that long journey and that reflection about life, you're out there. Uh, that's, that's obviously, I believe, the best way to experience the game. But there's so many other ways. And this book, I think, really touches on a lot of those. And for those who are searching for those opportunities, I think you'll find them in this book. Hey, a little bit ago, you mentioned your podcast, Mid-Am Crisis. Talk about that and where we can go and listen to it. Yeah, it's available on uh, on anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Funny, I, I've, I've been on a hiatus. I, I did a real crazy thing this year. Uh, I think the last episode I recorded was right at the start of 2022. And the reason for that was that I filed to run for public office here in Tallahassee. I I felt my, my heartstrings, love for our community was kind of tugging. Uh, tugging at me to do it and, uh, had a wonderful experience and it's about a nine month long campaign. Uh, I came up a little bit short. I think I was, uh, about 500 votes short of, uh, continuing on after the primary, but, uh, we had a great experience, a wonderful way to get out and see my community. And, and honestly, I, I, you'll appreciate this. You know, again, you, I, I always talk that you're searching for something to go play golf and probably find the answer. Um, I was debating on whether or not to, to, to run for office. Had a lot of people asking me to do so and encouraging me, which was fun. Um, and I took a golf trip, uh, with a few friends of mine down to Streamsong, uh, in central Florida, uh, back in December of 2021. And I told myself, you know, you got an opportunity here to take three wonderful walks on in one of your favorite golf settings in the world. And, I imagine by the time I finish playing these three rounds of golf, you'll know the answer. And it was funny. I remember cresting the hill. Our last round was on blue course. Never played it. You kind of come over this great big hill and look down in this valley and there's the 18th green and the uh, lodge is back there behind you. Just a really cool setting. And, um, I, I remember I had a four iron into the green. I hit it up there. I hit a pretty good shot. I, I probably had about 25 feet for birdie and I was like, I kind of have this feeling I'm going to roll this putt in and, and that's going to be the answer. It's going to be a, Hey, you know, go, go do it. You know, I, I, I could feel it in my bones. Like that's where it was going. Sure enough, I got up there and rolled that putt in and, uh, I knew it in that moment. I said, I'm going to run for office. It's going to be a great experience. And I'm so glad that I did. I mean, there's, to be honest, there's a lot of benefits to, uh, losing the close election. One of which is I get to get my podcast, uh, game back together. So. Uh, been on a little hiatus this year, but looking forward to getting some interviews back in. We've had some wonderful, wonderful, great friends, 
again, you know, one of the coolest parts about writing golf books, uh, stories for, you know, the Golfer's Journal and Golf Magazine and other outlets is, uh, that I've made incredible relationships with some really talented people all throughout the game of golf. Uh, many of them have, uh, lent me a little time to have a conversation on our podcast, but you'll find that, you know, some of your favorite names, uh, in golf media and, and throughout the game on there, probably a few surprising ones that you hadn't heard before. So if you get a chance, go and give that a listen. You, you probably will find a couple of interviews you enjoy. Okay, let our listeners know again. How can they get a copy of both of your books and then follow you as well on your website and over social media? Absolutely. So, uh, of course, you can find both books on Amazon.com. If you search Jay Revel, uh, Swing, Walk, Repeat, The Nine Virtues of Golf, both are available on Amazon. You can also buy Swing, Walk, Repeat direct from our publisher. That's at back9press.com, back9press.com. And, uh, you know, I, I sure hope that anybody who has read our books, maybe will read them in the future. If you get a chance, go on Amazon, leave a little review for us. That means the world. Uh, always wonderful to have people uh, share a few thoughts about why they've enjoyed it. And then uh, you can find, uh, I'm actually just getting now ready to relaunch my website at jrevel.com. Uh, you can find access to all the things we're doing there, but, uh, I've also got a newsletter that, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back together, uh, on here shortly. It's called Mid-Am Crisis as well. Uh, if you just Google that, Mid-Am Crisis or go to midamcrisis.com, you can sign up for that. And that's where I publish a lot of fun little musings and essays, and things like that from time to time. Uh, that's where you can find the How to Train Your Golf Dog as well. So you can look me up. I'm on YouTube. Uh, just search J Rebel Golf. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jay Revel and uh all around on your favorite uh other social media sites. I'm at Jay Revel Wright on Instagram. Love to have you there. And again, one of my favorite things about you know doing something like Chris is the people you get to meet and connect with. And if you've enjoyed the work or if you are looking for a copy uh, or just want to have a conversation about what you're looking for in the game of golf, you know, drop me in a, a direct message. I'd love having conversations that again I feel very blessed I get these messages from time to time from people from all over the world that they've found a copy of the book and, and connected with it and uh that's just very special. So I look forward to hearing from people who maybe are uh you know searching for a little bit of that in their golf game. Well Jay I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your life to come here and be a part of the show. You're fantastic my friend. I hope we get the uh blessing of having you back again soon. I, I love the book. I love what you're doing. I love the, the inspiration and, and sort of the way it makes me feel about the game of golf and about that time. And I'm a huge fan of late afternoon rounds of golf on your own out on the golf course because I do believe that is the best time for reflection and kind of getting clarity in your life and what you're doing. You bring that out in this book, and I thank you for doing that. Chris, I sure appreciate the opportunity. It's always good to hear from you. and. uh Keep doing what you're doing, man. It means a lot to a lot of people in the game of golf. You're a great messenger and uh, advocate for our game. and I just love the chance to connect with you, man. Thanks again for having me on. Thank you, Jay. All the best to you and your family, my friend. Stay safe, and we'll catch up soon. You got it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. See you, Jay. That is the great Jay Revell. R-E-V-E-L-L is the spelling of his last name. And go out online to jrevell.com. Get a copy of both books, the first titled again, The Nine Virtues of Golf, and this latest one, 
Swing, walk, repeat. And again, folks, what a wonderful human being and what a wonderful pair of books these are. And how can you not fall in love with a book that you get out there and you get to read the love letters to the game, fall in love with the game all over again, and you get to do so with Jay's walk through life and his dog, Leon. How great is that? Fantastic stuff. JayRavel.com. Go out there and check it out. Looking forward to catching up with Jay again next season.